Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And a good afternoon. It is an off day for the Sacramento Kings. They will try to bounce back from last night's embarrassing loss to the Pelicans tomorrow. Uh, the injury report has been updated. Uh, Keon Ellis is out, but the good news is uh, Duarte, Murray, and Vizankov are all, uh, Vizankov's not even on the injury report, but you have uh, Duarte and Murray and Trey Lyles listed as questionable. Be nice for the Kings to get a boost with uh, Trey Lyles with the game coming up uh, tomorrow and then on uh, the end of this road trip against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, last night, Philadelphia. They get the job done against Kansas City. Uh, Nice comeback after being down by 10. Defense shut down the Kansas City Chiefs. A couple of mistakes, a couple of drop balls. uh, And the Eagles took advantage of that as the uh, NFL week is underway. Of course, we move to uh, Thanksgiving uh, with the three games coming up, uh, what, Thursday? we got a game on Friday. We've got football all over the place. College football, of course, uh, with the big games, obviously, Ohio State and Michigan is the headliner game. So we got all of that. Uh, We take your phone calls, you raise your hands, and we'll put you right up on with me. I'm not that concerned about the Kings last night. I think it's just one of those nights. I don't think it's really indicative of how this team is. I think it's just, you know, one of those things. You know, you had won six in a row. You were playing very well. Uh, You had a game the night before. Not that that is an excuse to get blown out 24 hours later. Uh, New Orleans has been playing very well, even without C.J. McCollum. Uh, It's a tough matchup for Sacramento because of Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, just like I think the Minnesota game is a tough matchup for uh, Sacramento. So, you know, I don't expect De'Aaron Fox uh, to have a off game, which he had last night. So I think he plays better. Be great if you could get Trey Lyles back in the lineup, but uh, I'm not making too much, you know, out of last night's loss. Now, if the Kings lose badly tomorrow, then I'll be a little concerned. That'll be a little concerned because then you go limping into Minnesota, and then you have the Warriors waiting for you at home when you get back off this long road trip. So, you know, again, there's a lot of ebb and flow to a season. There's a lot of up and downs. Uh, last night's a loss, you know. It's a bad loss, but it's a loss. I'm not making too much out of it. Uh, It's just, to me, an aberration. I I don't think it's – it's not the real Kings. It's just one of those things. Tomorrow, I expect a much, much better performance 
from Sacramento. All right, let's get the show rolling here. And uh, why don't we say hello to Dorian on this Tuesday. Hey, Dorian, how are you? Hey, Grant. I'm doing so awesome, man. Hope everyone here is having a great day. Uh, happy early Thanksgiving. Grant, do you think the NBA will ever go uh, away from doing back-to-back games by any chance? No, they can't. They can't. There's no way you can fit 82 games uh, into the calendar year, which sure. is the NBA calendar year. It's impossible. No, nor, nor do I think they should. Uh, you know, back-to-backs never used to be a problem, Dorian. Yeah. Uh, we, used to, we used to play four games in five nights. For sure. Uh, I remember playing four games in five nights in three different time zones. You know what? Here's the deal. NBA players don't realize how lucky they have it right now. They really don't. I mean, they're they're they have cupcake schedules. They play two games in succession in the same city. The Kings did it earlier this year in Houston. They're doing it again now in New Orleans, so they don't have to go back. The schedule, the travel is as easy as it's ever been. So yeah. don't complain about back to backs. There's no reason to be complaining about back to backs. Yeah, and the reason I ask that is because, you know, the, the NBA and players, you know, especially individual players are becoming more and more of their own business, their own entity. And the, the reason why I ask that is because, you know, load management has been such so prevalent the last couple of years. Obviously, this year, there's been a little bit, you know, uh, there's been some uh, some changes with, with, with co- the commissioner and stuff like that. But just looking out for the, the I guess, the safety or the individual businesses of each players, that, that's the reason why I ask that. Dorian, every player in the NBA has a guaranteed contract. Sure. So they're, they're, they're I mean, I don't know if I agree with you on that. I do understand yeah. what you mean about them being, you know, their own business with everything they've got going on. And I think social media contributes to that greatly. But sure. they all have guaranteed deals. And uh, I'll ask you, Dorian, why is it that not that long ago, most NBA players played all 82 games. They practiced every day. Uh, they played back-to-backs. They played four games in five nights, and it was never a problem. Now, all of a sudden, it's a problem. Explain that to me. Yeah, just to clarify, I'm not. I'm not agreeing about it. I'm not saying that the back-to-back games are 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 um, are not better than that. The reason why is because it's just in, in my thought process, and I think we could both agree on this that you know it, individuals now they have such a bigger social media presence, and back then it was all about basketball. And now it's social media. It's all these other different business ventures. There's all these different things. So the reason why I asked was not because I, I agree or think it's a good thing to have back-to-backs or think it's a bad thing to have back-to-backs. I just wanted to see if there's possibly any 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 way the NBA would you know, not do that just for the safety of players. But there's no evidence that playing back-to-back is not safe for players. Sure. There's no evidence of that. Harrison Barnes is in his 30s. He plays 82 games every year. You know, I mean, why can't more players do that? I mean, the reality is that, yes, you're going to get injured, Dorian. You're an athlete. You know, there are times you're going to have injuries where you can't play. I mean, De'Aaron Fox missed five games. Trey Lyles with a calf. You know, he hasn't played yet this year. There are legitimate injuries. But just because you're playing back-to-back, to to me, does not uh, increase your risk of injury. Uh, There's no no proof of that. So I, I think it's just... Is playing back-to-back easy? No, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it never used to be a problem. And here's the other thing, Dorian. Good teams win on back-to-backs. Good teams don't lose uh, back-to-backs just because it's a back-to-back. They don't pay attention to it. They go out and they win because they know they're the better team. Yeah, 100%. Just a thought, Grant. And then lastly, Grant, um, I just want to talk a little bit about the Mavericks game. Um, Do you think the Mavericks will ever win with Luka? I don't think so. I'm skeptical of it. I got to be honest with you. I'm skeptical. Now, they did make it to the Western Conference Finals two years ago, 
but last year they didn't even make the playoffs. He's very difficult to play with. He's yeah, not I, easy I, to play with. Yeah, I just like you know I don't I don't really watch a lot of a lot of sports outside of the Kings and besides Mexico soccer, but like you know the last year I've been watching a little bit more the Niners and stuff like that. But I I actually like watched I was actually really focused on just like Luca and Kyrie in general this this past game, and Luca just whines a lot like every possession just like talking. I it feel like turns me off. I don't like watching him, Dorian. I, and I and I used to say that his first year in the league. When I was yeah. announcing the game, I used to point it out all the time when the Kings were playing the Mavs. I have a, I had problems watching Luca because the guy is such a crybaby, and it's sure. it's to me takes away from the enjoyment of watching the game. I feel like he's just such an immature basketball player to be at this professional level. But I also feel like there hasn't possibly been somebody in the organization that has stood up to him and said, "Hey, man, like you just need to play basketball and like focus on winning games and stop whining so much to the referees." I don't know about that. You know, he's had, uh, you know, Rick Carlisle. He's now got Jason Kidd. Um, I believe, from what I understand, that he has tried to be dealt with in that regard. And this offseason, you know, said that he would get better, acknowledged it to be an issue. And here we are again. And, you know, every single play, the guy's pitching and moaning. I hate it. I don't like it at all. I think it's a bad look for him. And it's a bad look for the NBA. And really, you know, I put it right on the shoulders of the commissioner. The commissioner with his transparent crap and respect for the game crap, you know, he's allowed this to happen. You know, he allows the Draymond Greens of the world and the Luca and, you know, these players to argue all the time. He allows that. There ought to be just a simple rule in the NBA. You cannot be complaining about calls to the official. You are allowed to talk to the official, but only during dead ball situations. That's what the league needs to do. This is way out of hand. Yeah, I would agree. Well, nonetheless, I hope the Kings can come out strong tomorrow against the Pelicans. You know, it's, fu- it's funny enough, you know, the, the Kings are a good team, but I feel like the Pelicans are, are that game where they just, he, they, they, they just, Zion just provides, you know, just a, Zion and Ingram just provide these really yep. weird matchup problems for the Kings, no matter what kind of squad the team, the Kings have, you know? So I think it'll be a tough game too against Minnesota. So I agree. Road trip 3 0, you know, 3 1 now. If they can get one-on-one, you know, beat either the Pelicans or beat the Timberwolves, I think it'll be a successful road trip. Thank you so much, Greg. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Thank you, Dorian. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Go Kings. Yep. Yeah, you're right. If they split the next two games, it's a really, really good road trip. If they lose the next two games, it's it's an okay road trip, but nothing more than an okay road trip. That's for sure. All right, if you want to get in on the stream, all you got to do is raise your hand. And we'll put you right on. Very good job by Dorian to lead us off here as we get you ready for a busy couple of days. Obviously, uh, no show Thursday because of Thanksgiving. We will have the programming with the Pelicans tomorrow and the Timberwolves to wrap up the uh, trip over on YouTube. So make sure you follow us there. All right, let's get to uh, Patrick. Patrick, how are you today? How you doing, Grant? Hey, good, Patrick. What's up? Hey, I just want to say quick, I, I missed the back-to-backs during the playoffs. I don't think you'll ever see that anymore. I mean, during the NBA playoffs, I remember there was a lot of uh, classic uh, showdowns with the Knicks and the Bulls. I remember they would play like yep. a Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back. I missed that. Yep. You know? Yeah, I do too. Uh, and, you know, again, the players didn't complain about it back then. Nobody complained about it. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's like, but yeah, you won't see that in the playoffs anymore. I would agree with you. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I just wanted to bring up one thing. The uh, Tom Brady had a lot of things to say. I read today over at uh, Steve, with Stephen A. Smith on his podcast. 
I, I haven't read the comments yet, but I did hear that he was on, but I haven't seen any of the comments. Anything stick out to you? Um, he says there's a lot of medi- mediocrity in the uh, NFL now, and the players aren't as good as when he was there, which was like less than a year ago. You know, yep. I mean, uh, you know, what's called um, also the um, it was an article in uh, in Yahoo Sports, and the writer also pointed out that uh, the next time Tom Brady complains, he said uh, they should mention like all the rough in the passing calls that he's gotten through the years that stretch his career to be, to be 45 years old. That's what the that's what the well, writer said. Yahoo Sports. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I think that's absurd. I mean, uh, the all quarterbacks in the NFL now are protected, and the last several years of Tom Brady's career, uh, yeah, he was protected, but so were all the other quarterbacks in the league. That's not why Tom Brady was able to play to forty five. I, I don't agree with that at all. That's, yeah, I think the writer was just being a little snippy, if you ask me. But um, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I, that's stupid, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to respect Tom Brady, but uh, just to come out and say everybody's being mediocre these days—that that—that's a little strong. I mean, I hope that's not. Well, I agree. I, I I agree with him. Well, I think that there are a lot of bad teams in the NFL, and I think there is a lot of mediocrity in the NFL. I don't disagree with that. Now, I don't know if it's any different than it was ten years ago or fifteen years ago, um, but I agree with him. I think there are. I think there is a lot of mediocrity. I think there are a lot of bad teams in the NFL. I don't disagree with him on that. And I think it's directly related to the quarterback position. I mean, look at the Jets, Patrick. Why are they a bad team? They're a bad team because of the quarterback. They have an excellent defense. Well, you could also say they have a very poor offensive line. So that goes hand in hand. You know, to me, it's the same thing with the Giants. All right, same thing. Uh, When I look at bad teams across the NFL, I normally point to two areas. I normally point to their offensive line and the quarterback. Now, I believe that they go hand in hand, Patrick. I think if you have a poor offensive line, the chances of your quarterback being successful are very, very uh, uh, remote or reduced. You know, if you have a average offensive line and a really good quarterback, you can still be a very good team. The Bengals proved that a couple of years ago when Joe Burrow was getting killed and got sacked more than any other quarterback in the league, I believe, and still made it all the way, you know, to the Super Bowl. So there are exceptions, but you, you've got to have at least a decent offensive line to have a really good quarterback in the NFL. I can't remember, Patrick, the last time a team had a bad offensive line and a, and a gr- and great quarterback play. The only, the only team that comes to my mind is the team I just mentioned, the Bengals. And I wouldn't say their offensive line was horrible, but it certainly was nowhere near good and average at best. A little early to ask you, but uh, you think next year for the Giants, you think they should work on the offensive line before they go out and draft a quarterback again? Uh, Well, it depends where they draft. The fact that they just beat Washington probably takes them out of the running uh, for one of the top flight quarterbacks. But yes, uh, in my opinion, 100%. Yeah, I agree. Uh, hey, happy Thanksgiving uh, and enjoy yep. your show. Thank you. And by the way, the other the other uh, aspect of that, Thomas, is if you're going to go offensive line, draft the right player. You know, they drafted Evan Neal with the uh, seventh overall pick in the draft two years ago, and he can't block his shadow. So it's okay to spend, you know, <laughs> picks on your offensive lineman, but you better make sure you take the right guy. Yeah, I mean, you really can't blame the Giants. I mean, with I mean, they've been drafting offensive people for like the last like three or four years, and they still can't seem to get it right. You know. Well, I, well, then I am blaming the Giants. They're doing a poor job of drafting. 
Yeah, they, but, of course, I'm going to blame the Giants. Well, they're, yeah. they're 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 selecting the wrong players. I know that that that's 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 really puzzling. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're really working up the puzzling. right. Uh, yeah. All right. Hey, thanks again. Happy Thanksgiving, Grant. Appreciate the time. Happy Thanksgiving, Patrick. Good hearing from you. Thank you. Yeah, they've done a horrible job. Offensive line. Andrew Thomas, left tackle, good pick. But Evan Neal, bad pick. Eric Flowers, previous administration, horrible pick. Terrible. You know? Terrible. A lot of teams, you know, can look at that. I mean, look at the 49ers. They draft Trey Lance and they give away the farm. Terrible decision. Then with the last pick in the draft, they get Brock Purdy, who all of a sudden is an MVP candidate. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to this, right? Go figure. How do you spend the third pick in the draft, move up in the draft, all right? Give away picks. And the guy can't even play for you. And then you take a flyer with the very last pick in the entire draft, and he ends up being MVP candidate. Like, how does that work? Crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. All right, if you want to get in on the show, just raise your hand, and we will put you on. You want to talk Kings, college football, NFL? Michigan game coming up on Saturday is going to be some game up at uh, Ann Arbor with everything that's gone on with Michigan. That is going to be some game. That is going to be unbelievable. That's coming up uh, this weekend. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. And uh, we bring in Al. Al, good to have you on the show. How are you? Thanks, Nate. Hey, how's your Thanksgiving shaping up? Are you going to see the boys uh, at any point? Or? No, I will not see, no uh, they're away. I will not see the boys. Uh, pretty much a sports day for me, Al. I hope you have a good Thanksgiving yourself. I love your, your podcast. You're reminiscing about some of those classic uh, – Thanksgiving Day games did the Leon let bonehead play, man. Oh. I think you remember we were doing you did something about bonehead plays on a podcast and uh and you played the 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 radio call along with the with the with the memory, which was oh I love that podcast. And the one with Leon Lett, the, the Dallas announcers go, Leon Lett. He's just like <laughs> saying it just like Leon Lett, are you an idiot, man? I know, right? Except that was Brad Sham. And then a sound from Emmett Smith talking about that. Yeah, I remember that very well. I think he's the boob that got stripped of the ball on a one-yard line in the Super Bowl by Don Beebe. Yep. Yep, that's right. Yep. In fact, you know, when we were kids, we just say you let one as being you farted. Well, he that's yeah. that's a Leon Let right there, the guy. But I wanted yep. to say I loved your – I'll call it a homage to uh, Bill King – with your Oakland sports memories and the sadness of you know losing the, their last professional teams, it just brought me chills to hear those great, great calls by. I, as a kid growing yep. up in the Bay Area, I, I listened to him making a calling the. Uh, he wasn't calling the A's when I was younger. He was calling the Raiders and the Warriors, and I just yep. loved it. It gave me chills to hearing the, it, that the Holy Roller call. I know you had that. That uh, you know, that little bracket yep. challenge for the great calls in history of the sports. Uh, year a couple of years back on your other show, I love that. But uh, man, the Holy Roller, uh, he was just, and you know, they, he he really would go off on referees. I remember one game. Oh, I know he Mandy, would. Mandy Rudolph was refereeing the game, and Mandy their call went for the in Warriors' favor, and Mandy overruled it. 
and Bill's calling him Julius Caesar Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, Bill's Bill was just, not afraid to jump on the officials. Yep. He he was a, yep. he was my one of my my top five. Lon Simmons, I always thought was really perfect for baseball, and but Bill could call, and he was good on the on those Warriors costs. I mean, you, you were calling, you were pl- replayed some of his calls. You know, basketball, as you know, particularly on radio, that's a fast it's a fast paced sport. You know, you got to really keep up with the action. You know, I know. Um, I did it for three years, and. Uh, back in the mid nineties, I actually went from TV to radio. I actually prefer calling sports on radio more than TV. Um, I used to announce division one hockey on radio for years and I loved it. There was nothing better. I, I love announcing sports on radio much. I, I enjoy it much more than on TV. That's the real beauty of sports announcing is radio. Love it. Love. I miss doing games on radio. It was my, the my most enjoyable part of my career was announcing games on radio. Was it really hard to adjust? If you're doing, you're used to, you're doing TV and then you go to radio. Cause you know, for me, Brent Musburger, when he, when he came on board with the Raiders, Brent, man, you know, he was good on TV, but I felt like say, Hey Brent, we're not, nobody's here. And I like listening to the games on the radio to tell you the truth. I love to, to get the game because I'm in the yard, I'm doing yard work and I love to listen to the, to the call. And I grew up as a kid listening to, you know, the games on the radio. And I always thought Brent, man, you know, he, Brent, we can't see the game. It's on radio. I don't know. What was your thoughts on Brent when he when he was doing the radio call? Did you ever listen to him? Oh, he was well. Well, when he did, he when he did the Raiders, uh, he was horrible. Uh, he was yeah. awful on on the Raider games. Awful, mm. terrible. Mm. But you know, I would also you know he was eighty years old, so I I cut him some slack. And I also have done NFL, and the radio booths at a lot of stadiums are not in good locations, and you don't have a good view of the field. And so I could see for somebody particularly of that age group, how difficult that would be. So I kind of give them a pass there to get back to your question. The, it wasn't difficult making a transition, but I was a high energy radio announcer. Yes. It it required me to be in good physical shape because Mm -hmm. breathing was very important and it was a full-fledged workout for me mm. to announce a game on radio for two and a half hours because of the way I, I, I compare myself to the way Kevin Harlan announces games on radio. Yeah. We, have high, we have high energy. And when you do a high-energy game on radio, like when Kevin does his radio calls on Westwood One, um, uh, you know, Kevin does Monday Night Football. I, yep. I know it, it, and it is, it is, it takes a lot out of you to do a game on radio as a high energy announcer. It especially if the game is a great game in a yeah. crazy atmosphere, it takes a lot out of you. I did a game, uh, mm. a playoff game in Dallas that they put on YouTube. They put all the highlights mm. on YouTube. And I just watched it the other night. And I remember at the end of the game, I had all of these empty bottle waters in front of me. And right after the game, I interviewed Bobby Jackson and he comes over to me. And on the radio, he says, dude, you thirsty? And I laughed at him. I said, Hey, I was working just as hard as you were. Um, and I, 
You know, wow. and I really mean that. I had a though I must oh, have no. had honestly, I must have had seven or eight empty water bottles in front mm. of me. That's that's how much that game yeah. took out of me. But it was one of my favorite broadcast I've ever done. And the other favorite broadcast that I've ever done on radio were the games three and four of the 2002 Western Conference Finals, oh, uh, yeah. where the Kings won game three and game four was the Robert Ory shot. Ooh. And, you know, and I did those yeah, games. You must have gone alone. through a case of water on that one. Yeah, I did. And I did the games alone. And yeah. I will tell you, when you do games alone, Mm-hmm. You don't get a break. You don't. The only time you get no. a break is when there's a timeout. So right. you know it takes a lot out of you if you're a high energy announcer. If you're not a high energy announcer, I, I don't think it takes a lot out of you because you're able to pace your voice and you're able to pace yourself. But not the way I announced on radio. I was into it, and it was um, I had be, I had to be mentally prepared to do a game on radio much much more so than on TV. Oh, yeah. I'm not bragging about this, but. I could wake up from a three-hour nap, and I could be on TV two minutes later doing a game. I yeah. couldn't do that with radio. It's a whole different thing. Man, you know, you've always been high energy, even on a television cast. And then you have always spoken to the skill set and of announcing games on TV and radio and how, like, some guys, analysts, color guys, will talk over the, 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 the play-by-play guy. And you got to really have have that that skill set that you you talk about. You're so good at it. I mean, I like Kevin Harlan too. By the way, I love how Kevin yep. just he has that voice too. That just kind of he's got a kind of a raspy kind of a I don't know where he just has that. He really brings. I want to have I want to have excitement. Now, I, and I don't really care too much if a guy's like a homer. I understand you're going to be leaning towards the home team. But, you know, if it's, there's a great play, you should at least call it like a great play. Just put some yeah. uh, excitement in it, you know? You know, I would say doing a game on TV is probably similar to conducting an orchestra. Because mm-hmm. the most important thing when I'm on TV is I've got to make sure that I'm utilizing my analyst and bringing him in and out of areas that I think are important. Also, not all the time do the producer and the director in the truck see what I'm seeing. And I then have right. to, in the middle of a call, hit my talk back button and tell them, hey, look for that, look for that, while I'm, at, while I'm announcing a game. Now, you can't hear me when I'm doing that, but I, I'm doing that in the yeah. middle of a play. And so I'm doing all of these things that the audience isn't even aware of when I'm on TV. So it's a whole different it's, – it's a different job completely. You know, again, the real key and, – and the other key you just brought out on TV, you can see what is happening – so I don't have to be right. ultra descriptive of where the ball is. You know where the ball is. So it's it's totally different. They're they're different art forms, really. Radio play by play, oh. TV play by play are totally different. Oh, I, I couldn't couldn't agree most. I've always felt your strengths, and I've listened to a lot of announcers in you know the sixty plus years I've been following sports. Your strength has always been you get the best out of your 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 partners, whether it be Jerry Thank Reynolds, you. Doug Christie. No, I mean, even Sean Salisbury, when you're on you talk, interviewing him, you know, talking, talk, he's like, says, oh, thanks for setting me up. You you have a way, you know, great, Jerry Reynolds and would not be as effective as, as an analyst if you weren't there setting him up. And even in, in your preseason Ritter games, you'd have Plunkett and uh, George Atkinson yep. in the booth, and you would work yep. them. You set them up. And that was what I always thought 
And that's what the best announcing teams are. The ones that the great best announcers like Ian Eagle, they, 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 they set up their partner and they know like you yes. knew Gary Reynolds was a fountain of information and, and you pumped that fountain and that's how it works so well. Well, I appreciate that. You know, when I got to work with Jerry, um, we knew how each other would think. And I would always know what was going through his mind. And, but I also knew that I could ask Jerry anything on the air and I would never stomp him. He always had the answer. So, you know, again, it was a perfect uh, broadcast marriage when I worked with Jerry. It was the most enjoyable part of my career. And that's in no disrespect to anybody else I worked with. Uh, working with Jerry was unbelievably uh, easy for me, and never once did I ever go on TV and not look forward to doing the game. Like it didn't matter if the Kings yep. were horrible and it was the last game of the season, and it didn't matter. I still loved going on the air and doing the games with Jerry yeah. because for me it was fun. It was always fun going on TV with Jerry, even if the team stunk and the game was bad. Being on with Jerry was always fun for me, and I. I miss it greatly. I really do. It was fun for your fans who listened to him, and everybody misses you guys as a team. That's why it's so awesome that no, he's really you. involved with your podcast. No, you, I mean it's just easy. I can't. I can't say enough about you know you, you guys are a well-oiled machine, and and uh, younger Kings fans love you. You're back, you know, in the picture th- three years later. You know, with your podcast, your YouTube, and you know, getting all this. Uh, input but did you you know real quick on the game last night i mean how could you can you can you throw a game away better than what the chiefs did i really thought they dominated the eagles but man that valdez scanley you know i know it's raining but man ball's right in his hands and then travis kelsey fumbles i don't think i've ever seen that fumble so it's just you know the yeah the chiefs beat themselves in in a to a degree last night it was not the best played football game uh, that that's for sure. But yeah, the chiefs, um, I, I gotta yep. believe they're going to stomp the Raiders this week. I can't imagine them losing again this week. That's for sure. Yeah. They're, they're fired up. But anyway, thanks for taking my call. Always great talking Thank you, to you. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and, uh, don't eat too much turducken. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Good call from Al. Hey folks, I want to talk to you about Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. I've got to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. And again, I was a bit on the fence about Zbiotics initially, but then I was at a birthday party. Uh, my buddy and his wife had rented out a restaurant, and I had a couple of drinks, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot tonight. And you know what, folks? Believe me, it is the real deal. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, reunions. Hey, there's so much going on, right? Get the most 
out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Go to zbiotics.com slash grant to get 15% off your first order when you use grant at checkout. Zbiotics is back with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, go to zbiotics.com slash grant. Use the code grant at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls, and we bring in uh, Scott. Hey, Scott, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, Grant. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for calling. Good. Yeah, first-time caller. Uh, wanted to uh, get your thoughts on the uh, Kings trade rumors. Do you think that they'll make a move this year, um, a big move to uh, solidify themselves as a top seed in the West? And if you do, who, what, what type of player do you see them going after? Well, first of all, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join the stream. Uh, Thank you very much. I already think the Kings are a top team in the West, even if they don't make a trade. I already think they're one of the top teams in the West. You said trade rumors. And so do you you, have you heard anything specifically that you want to ask me about? Because I don't really pay attention to trade rumors because trade rumors happen all the time in sports. And very rarely do they ever come to fruition. But are there any specific ones that stick out in your mind? Yeah, I, Zach Levine's been in the news lately. I, I don't particularly want him uh, on the team, but I just you know he's been a, a big uh, a big name in the news. Um, and then OG Ananubi seems to be floated around constantly the last couple of months. All right. Well, the the question is, what would you have to give up to get those players? Because you're not going to get them without you know giving up a significant piece in return. I'm all for making a trade, Scott, uh, if Monty McNair thinks that's the difference. In other words, when the Kings traded to get DeMontis Sabonis, regardless of how you feel about Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald, it changed the Kings franchise around. It put the Kings from a non-playoff team to a playoff team almost overnight. And the presence of Sabonis on the floor elevated De'Aaron Fox's game from a good player to a great player. So regardless of how good Halliburton turns out to be for Indiana, I think that was a tremendous trade for Sacramento because it turned them from a bad team to a good team almost overnight. So if you can make a deal like that, yes, Scott, I would make a trade like that in a heartbeat. If you feel that getting a player that you named or another player puts you over the top or puts you on the same footing as at Denver, then yeah, I would go out and do that I, again, personally feel that if the Kings don't make a move right now, I think they're a top four team in the West, assuming that they stay healthy. Right. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, I would just like to see them at least explore the option of improving the team with uh, maybe floating around future assets like a first round pick. Um, I just, you know, I think that now is the time to to make your move. You, You don't know how Fox will be in two years or so. And, 
If you think that yep. you're a top four team in the West, you've got to go out and get a player to get you solidified there um, and not run a risk. Well, a first, yeah, but if you're a top four team in the West, your first round pick is not that valuable because it's going to be down in the uh, uh, 20s. Here's the other aspect about what you just asked me. And I've been saying this for well over a year now. I think the biggest void on the Kings team is a legitimate backup point guard. They don't have a legitimate backup point guard. Davion Mitchell is not a legitimate backup point guard. Uh, Ellis is not a legitimate backup point guard. By legitimate, I mean this. If De'Aaron Fox is out with an injury like he was for the five games, the Kings don't have anyone that can step onto the floor and run the team. Davion Mitchell can't. They then, then they went and tried Ellis. Well, you know, he's a different type of player. But but the the reality is, Scott, and my, I said this last year too, I think that's the biggest need on this Kings team. When De'Aaron Fox is not able to play, their offense comes to a screeching halt. They don't have anyone that can run the team the way or even come close to the way Fox runs it. And again, I'm not expecting to get an all-star backup point guard, but you need somebody that can do it. Right now, in my opinion, they don't have a player that can do that. And I mean, look at what the Kings did. Give you an example. Look at how bad they were at Houston for those games without De'Aaron Fox. All right. And we can point to other games. You better go out and get before the trade deadline. I think you need to get a veteran backup point guard that can run this team when De'Aaron Fox is unable to play. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. The the one uh, question I guess I would have in response to that, though, is if De'Aaron Fox goes down and you you do have that backup point guard in the you know a, after the trade deadline, I'm not sure how much that's really going to help in the playoffs because if you don't have De'Aaron Fox there isn't a backup point guard in the league that's going to be able to replace him and lead this True. team. If you don't have the Aaron Fox, you're done. You're not going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. 100% correct. Right. You're, you're absolutely correct. I'm not saying that you need that you need a backup point guard so that if Fox is out for a long period of time, you're going to still be able to right the ship. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think that even when De'Aaron Fox is healthy and playing and he's not on the floor, I think there's a significant drop-off right now. And I just think that if you can get that backup point guard to play, you know, the 15 minutes that Fox doesn't play without a significant drop-off, then I think you become a better team. Um, or if Fox gets in foul trouble, you might have a guy that can play 25 minutes and, you know, keep the ship afloat. I don't think they have that player right now. And I think that's something that if Monty McNair can go out and get, you got to go out and get. As far as Fox goes, I think he's got a hell of a lot more than two years left, assuming that he doesn't have a significant injury. I think he's got many, many years left. But, you know, I can't forecast injury any more than you do. But I understand what you mean. The window is open right now. Take advantage of this window and try to win uh, because you're right there knocking on the door. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Great. I appreciate your thoughts, Grant. Thanks. Hey, thanks for calling. Call again. Happy Thanksgiving. You too. All right, good stuff right there. Always like to get new callers on. If you want to get in on the stream, just raise your hand and we get to John. Hello, John. How are you? I'm doing good, Grant. How are you on this beautiful Tuesday? Uh, I'm good, buddy. First off, I want to commend Scott. I, he said that was his first time calling. Man, he had some great points. That was a fun discussion yeah, he did. He called. you guys had. Yep, he was it excellent, makes me wonder excellent point. How long has he been listening? Have we been missing him for the last three years or what? That was a good call. I don't know, but I'm happy to have him on and uh, very happy to always welcome new people. What what can I do for you, sir? Well, kind of 
you know, it's a beautiful Tuesday. I was listening to what you were talking earlier about. I think it was with Al and Dorian, perhaps, about um, about in the NF. Here, let me find my thought. I've been riding my bike. It, you were talking about like Leon Lett is is going to be part of my part of what I'm getting on. And well, hey, Leon Lett, the bonehead mistakes that he did, there'd been two or three of them. But if the draft were held over again, he'd probably be picked up even higher than he was because that guy was one hell of a football player. He was at 340 pounds or 50 pounds. He chased down quarterbacks i think you know he was a great player guys down at that he was he was very very good helped help the cowboys no question about that and everything he did not that you know he was a a phenomenal yeah yeah hey you know what he was which makes good as scott is say that again your poll's not as good as scott's just was i want to let you know that Oh, uh, well, hey, I, I never I never said my calls were better than anybody's, Grant, but you've been taking them for a long, long time, buddy. All right, I got okay, okay, a quiz talking for you. About, I got a, listen, okay. I got I to stop, stop. I got a quiz for you, okay? Since you mentioned Leon Lett, and it would go a lot higher in the draft, you're 100% correct. Do you know where Leon Lett was taken in the draft? Do you remember? I do not recall, Grant. I remember he got on the team, and I said, who the hell is this guy? And then I realized how big he was and then how quick his feet were. Can you enlighten me? All right. He was taken. Are you ready for this? He was taken in the seventh round, 173rd pick overall. Grant, in today's age, he would be picked as the third or fourth player right behind the best quarterback and then maybe the best offensive pass rusher or lineman. How times have 100, changed. You're 100% correct. Yep. Man, hey, and that's why, you know, and I guess this, it's reminded me of what I was uh, wanting to talk about a little bit. You were talking about, you know, the Giants draft, and they've been trying to draft good guys. There's a couple guys, and like Flowers, you drafted him. Well, hey, man, he didn't pan out. But if Giants didn't pick him, it's not like he was going to go through 80 more guys before he got picked. Flowers was supposed to come around he's he was supposed to be a good player so it's not like the giants totally dropped the ball someone else was going to drop the ball on him too that's why it very true not it's not pure science all this stuff that's why we got to be you know as kings fans most of us we got to be happy with what monty mcnair has been doing for our team because in my opinion he has done i mean just a fantastic job and you know i'm no niners fan but look john lynch has done a better job for that franchise than anybody since Maybe no question. I know they grabbed Joe Montana. He's done a great job. Yeah, he has. And so that's, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to get at. It's a, man, it is not a freaking perfect science when you're trying to go and draft guys. Look, Tom Brady, he wasn't taken in the first round. He was taking 200 something, you know? You never know who's going to be the guy who's the gamer who comes in and just balls out and says, shit, guys. I mean, the Niners made made a big mistake. The Niners made a big mistake uh, with, you know, the, with Trey Lance, I know that but trade with you the, know what? The trade it, with the Bears, really, yeah, given what they're... I'm it, sorry. It, but, but the fact that they got Brock Purdy makes up for it, and they're still, you know, as good as any team it appears uh, in the uh, NFL. So you're right. John Lynch has done a, 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 a great job putting that team together. I totally agree with you. 
Yeah, it's almost like gambling. You want to try and get the best guy that you think is the best, but then something else also, like gambling on games, sometimes you want, okay, I'm going to pick the best team who's going to win the Super Bowl, but look, you got to pick a couple of upsets too sometimes. So you just never know. It's not a perfect science. Grant, thank you for taking my call, buddy. Take care, John. Have a happy Thanksgiving, buddy. All right. Do the bye-bye. same. All right. Thank you. All right. If you want to get in on the program before we wrap it up, now is the time. Uh, don't forget tomorrow, uh, coming up at four o'clock, I've got uh, Jerry Reynolds over on YouTube. And then uh, at 4.30, Ryan will have the pregame show, and then we'll get you right into uh, the Kings and the Pelicans. Left Terrace, how are you? I'm doing good, Grant. How about you? I'm good. Thanks um, for calling. How- yeah. Uh, I've been listening to your show every day on Spotify. I've been so busy. And I didn't have a chance to call in. Um, the reason why I call in today is about Brock, uh, Brock you know, for the Niners quarterback. Um, yep. He's great. He does everything that they ask him. Uh, they compare him now to John Montana and Steve Young. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's comparing him to Joe Montana and Steve well, Young? If you, if, if you read online, like, uh, I and other people, yeah, I, I don't agree with that because let him first win the Super Bowl and then we'll talk about that. Um, I haven't seen now, that. Yeah. And also, um, Another thing about Brock, we don't know yet, we haven't seen him yet, is to bring the Niners back after they're behind. Uh, I don't think he did that yet. Did he? Did he? After uh, they're behind you know, off the, top, off the top of my head, uh, I can't recall, you know, a comeback. But I'm, I'm sure he has, but off the top of my head, I can't recall it right now. Yeah, I don't think he did. I was checking over the games, and I don't think he did once. So... Uh, the Niners I had is a good chance he's going to keep the team going, but what that's what I, I'm waiting for him to see. If we get behind, we'll be the one to take the team around him and, you know, go forward. Uh, that's the question I have about him. Yeah, you know what? It's a very good point. I mean, that's the, 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 the best quarterbacks in the league do that. And so that's a very good point you make. A very, very, very good point. You know, we'll see if we'll be able to do that in the biggest of games. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, that's all I have for today. Thank you, Grant. Hey, thank you. Sorry about that. Lost my connection there for a minute. Thank you very much, Lift Harris. Really appreciate your phone call. And to everyone uh, on the stream, I hope you have a, a fabulous Thanksgiving. Let's get to Zach. Zach, welcome to the show. How are you today, buddy? Hey, not too bad. I just wanted to uh, comment on the whole rumors with uh, Le- Levine. We must be having a uh, technical problem. So with that said, I'll wrap it up. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And tomorrow, YouTube, if you don't like that, Kings, Pelicans, Jerry Reynolds at 4 o'clock. So long, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.